You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It was deja vu all over again as the Pacers played a close game against the Boston Celtics on Tuesday night. At first, it wasn't so close. The Pacers trailed most of the night by double digits and only held a lead in the first 2-0 and then not until late in the fourth quarter thanks to a surge by the Pacers and Victor Oladipo, who finished the night with a season-high 27 points on 9 of 16, shooting and more importantly, 5 of 7 from 3 But, despite taking a two-point lead late after storming back from as much as 19 down, the Pacers could not close out the game thanks to Jason Tatum and co. Tatum had 30 points on 11 of 22 shooting as Boston beats the Pacers 114 to 111 and moves to 43 and 21. And the Pacers 39 and 26 and that three seed slips farther and further away. Welcome into Locked on Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm the co-host of this wonderful show. On today's podcast, I'll bring you the good, the bad, the ugly, even the Pacers narrow defeat to the Boston Celtics. And then, and then I'm going to talk about Victor Oladipo. Let's talk about him. Finally returning to formula like tonight. Looked really, really good. Always brings that against Boston. We'll talk a little bit about Victor Oladipo and what he is doing right currently. But first, one quick break. I'm going to get to today's good, bad, and ugly. Today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Blinkist. Blinkist is a really unique thing for your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the best, the key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. So let's say you're like me, you're a fan of Ron Chanel, who writes these massive, we're talking thousand-page history books, and Lucy S. Grant, um, Rockefeller, not Rockefeller, yeah, Rockefeller. I mean, there's all these books he writes on these huge, you know, history people that are just so long, they take forever to read. I mean, I, I think I read the last one on Lucius Grant that took me like three months to read because it was so long, I don't, I don't have enough time to always read. Well, Blinkist is the place to go to help you condense that down. And with with a limited time offer, if you go to Blinkist.com slash MBA, you can get a free seven-day trial and save 25% off your new subscription. You will get unlimited access to read to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all for one low price. That's right. Go to Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash MBA to start your seven-day free trial and also save 25% off. That's Blinkist.com slash MBA. Let's bring you the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Pacers 114-111 loss to the Celtics. So... Uh, let's always start on a positive note. Uh, so we're gonna do Vic later, so we won't start with him. We'll just talk a lot about Vic in the last segment. But Demondis Sabonis had another nice night. He really uh, took advantage of the weakness at center for the Celtics. He had 28 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, 13 of 23 shooting. Um, he was the focal point of the offense, uh, and he showed a weakness, uh, the weakness of the Celtics team. Now. Uh, even when he was playing at his best, the Pacers really weren't winning this game. I mean, you could, you could make a good case that they really didn't play well until Vic got going. But um, Spons had a really nice night, and he had a couple big shots late. He had a, a nice little lay-in to make it 112-111. I think he had another and-one play during that kind of 16-point clawback. So I thought he was really good tonight. Uh, another good was TJ Warren, 9 of 18 for 22 points. Uh, and really, all the starters except for Holiday were pretty solid tonight. I mean, if you take the way this team played tonight, and remember, Boston's also down... Jalen Brown, so that's that's a thing to remember. But if you brought in Brogdon and Jalen Brown back, I think it might be a wash, and this this could be kind of another close game. And this is a first round preview per se, which it might not. But Pitchers might be able to get that five seed instead of the six seed. But um, 
this could, this would be an interesting matchup. I think it'd be better than last year. Obviously, I think there's the Spacer team brings more to the table than last year, and I think this Turner Sabonis kind of. Uh, uh, double centers actually plays better against this team. They did a nice job. It's another good. They did a nice job playing zone late in the, in the comeback, kind of to throw the Celtics off. And they did a lot of switching, and it kind of worked. It turned into a nice, really good job, kind of preventing Walker from getting anything around the rim all night. Walker, one of his worst games of the year, three of twelve for just eleven points. Um, but the bad, obviously, for this team, good for the Celtics, was that Jason Tatum was a killer. Um, man, thirty points on eleven twenty-two shooting. I mean, he is. Uh, Making uh, a case for why he is becoming a top fifteen, maybe even a maybe even for uh, one of the three All NBA teams this year. I mean, he is just going to get better, and he's going to be a pain to deal with if they play him in the playoffs. Um, Gordon Hayward had a really nice night with double double, the only double double on the Celtics with twenty seven points and ten rebounds. Um, you know, it's interesting, right? I, I think if you would tell me that Hayward and Tatum would have awesome games, I'd be like, they're just going to lose by twenty, just because. If they both have good games, that means Walker probably had a decent game and you kind of have the downhill effect. But it was interesting that those guys had really good games. The Pacers still hung around and really, really had a legit shot to win this game. Probably should have if you don't have that. Uh, was another bad was that was Vic jacking up that 28-foot three-point shot with way too much time on the shot. Like they tried to, you know, I think he was going for the kill shot and he missed it. Um, a good for the Pacers with the way Boston bench played. Boston bench combined for 10 whole points. Um, and the thing about the Pacers, right, They their bench combined for 14, but they're without their best bench player now. So was... And they're really two, right? Aaron Holiday and McDermott are two of their, you know, their reliable bench players per se. Um, but I mean, you know, there's some downhill for the Celtics too, where Marcus Smart would carry the bench and whatnot. But uh, it was probably just an overall bad night for the benches. I mean, you had Justin Holiday who played okay. He missed the game tying three, which wasn't great. Um, but not a great night for the bench units on either team. Uh, for the Pacers, you know, I think I got a shot Turner a little bit. Turner really brought his A game tonight. I thought. Um, so he was 16 points and 8 rebounds, but his defense, uh, his ability to switch, his um, rim protection or deterrence and forcing guys to take bad shots that don't necessarily show up on the box score because he didn't have it. You know, right? he, had, he had four blocks, but, I mean, he had a couple of times where he just forced, like, smart to take a really shitty layup or same with Kemba. So uh, he was um, he was off tonight, and this is something that, you know, you didn't see him turn in the playoffs last year. He did not play against the Boston team. You saw it a little bit in the regular season, so, like, it's definitely a possibility. He definitely couldn't do it, but tonight he definitely brought it a little more than uh, than usual. Um, so where does Pacer team lose, I guess? And I think the 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 way you start is with Aaron Holiday, right? So I think I touched him a little bit earlier, but like two of nine, oh four from three, four points. I mean that is why you lose this game. If he hits one of those threes, they, the game is tied. I mean he just he he is just not prepared to play big minutes. Um, Fortunately, I mean, I thought for sure, you know, he'd been playing, he'd been kind of just like not taking a ton of shots and kind of just sitting back. But man, he just, he just is not prepared to play against good teams. I wonder if they might talk about inserting McConnell in the starting lineup, but I don't really know how you do that because he's still the bench is so, yeah, then you're playing Holiday, Sumner, McDermott, both Holiday, McDermott, Sumner, McDermott, Sampson off the bench. I don't, you know, without Malcolm Brown, this is going to be. It's some problem with this team, but I wonder if you think about inserting McConnell or playing McConnell more. I know they didn't play a lot of McConnell tonight. He did not play great either. He struggled against this, the second unit of the, of the Celtics, you know, just one of three, only had four assists. Um, you know, sometimes not having his, his partner in crime, McDermott, there, you know, that's, you know, look who he's playing with, right? He has to play with the Jakar Sampson, doesn't stretch four that well, and he's got to play with Emden Sumner, he doesn't play that much with. So, I mean, there's some of that for McConnell there for sure. But I wonder if it's an interesting move to put McConnell starting lineup and kind of let the rookie young guys carry this bench because. 
you know, much as you know, the problem with Connell is I'm not sure defensively he can do much, but at least offensively you trust him to really make the right pass, a couple of good plays here or there. Um, but it's it's gonna be hard. I mean, the other option maybe is you go point Vic and you put Justin Holiday at the at the two. Uh, but man, being done, they're basically their top, their second and third best guard in Lamb and Brogdon is gonna hurt this team. You know, I think when we thought Lamb got hurt, we're like, eh, it'll be okay. But now we saw immediately Brogdon got hurt, so that kind of it's gonna it's, it's some downhill effects here. And so this is the kind of game where like when you didn't have Brogdon, you could feel it um, because late. I mean, Vic Vic carried them right, and Vic Vic carried them late, especially. I mean, he didn't carry them until that fourth quarter, but then he was gassed. I mean, you could kind of see it. Uh, and that's when you need that number two option. He had some bonus who helped him on a couple pick and roll plays, but you need that ability where he can just take a playoff and let and let Brogdon run the offense with some bonus and make it work, and just get him a breather. And you could, and that's I mean, that's about it too. I mean, this game. I mean, you, uh, there's not a ton I can say like, oh, they just done this or that. You know, end of game plays. I mean, they they had a good play. I think when the other one went for the two, and you know, I think Vic kind of saw opportunities, drove to the lane, and then he knew even if he made the shot, he had bonus clean it up. Uh, the Aaron just Holly's three-point shot was a clean look-ish. I mean, I don't know if it was it wasn't like a great look, but it wasn't a terrible look. Um, you know, they the Celtics did a really good job throwing Turner off, but you know, if they got to counter that, maybe that's the right way to say this because like that play where Tatum dunked it in, they did a really good job just shaking, you know, using Dice and kind of moving his hips around to force Turner to a weird angle. Where Turner couldn't protect the rim, put the rim. I think it was Tatum. Was it Tatum? I think it was Tatum went in. Maybe it was. Might have been. I'm thinking it was Tatum who, who hit the shot inside to make it 111 or make it 109 107. Um, so, I mean, there's that. You know, I I think ultimately this is the kind of game where if um, if Vic has been playing a little more and less gas, he hits a couple. He hits he hits that 28 foot three, or he decides you know something else here. You get Brogdon, he hits a big shot, and so they win this game. You know, the, the storm back the way they did is really impressive considering you know I'm watching the game and I'm thinking mid third quarter oh, they're out of this. I'm thinking oh they're down what's 14 going into the third, and they get 19. I'm like, you know, I'm ho- I'm kind of hoping that they, they can have a chance to jump back here. I'm kind of like, oh, maybe there's an opportunity for them. You know, hit a couple threes, get here. I'm like just waiting for it, and it doesn't come. And then all of a sudden it kind of comes, you know, just a quick spurt. Boom, 13 points becomes six points. That becomes two points in the snap your finger. So, I mean, and that's something this team can do when Vic is going because you add that with Vic with some bonus offense. I mean, they have the – and Warren, they can just score. I mean, they can just – score in bunches really fast. They have that ability once everything gets going. That's what's really encouraging to see. Um, but got to close it out. That's been kind of – that was really been kind of one of their problems this whole season. They really – outside of a couple small stretches, they really have been bad at closing out games. And, you know, I think Vic just ran out of gas. You could kind of see it in him. Um, and so that's just part of it. I mean, that's just part of it. And, you know, they play this team tough, so I think it'd be, it would be a pretty good playoff series if they meet. So I'm excited about that. You know, I, I think, you know, Vic always brings guests to – his best against Boston, so um, I'm, I'm excited they've seen playing the playoffs. I doubt they will. I feel like the Pacers are going to be the four or five seed, but you know, this one hurts too because if they had won the game, they would have um, had a better shot at the three seed, but they probably weren't going to get it anyway, so I think they're now sitting four and a half back at the three seed, which probably makes it just too far out of reach with like 19 games left or something like that, so it's probably not possible for this team, but it is what it is. Let's take one quick break and then let's talk about Victor Oladipo and his uh, stellar night. Well, I think Victor Oliva had his best night of the season. I think that's a pretty obvious one right there. Um, I've said his boss score enough, but we can do it one more time. 27 points, 7 rebounds, uh, 4 assists on 9 of 16, shooting 5 of 7 from 3. The only really terrible shot he took was that 28-foot 3-point shot. But um, the Vic we saw tonight, oh, man, if he brings that in the playoffs, this team is going to be a hard out. I mean, yeah, they probably are not going to win. I think if they played tonight, if we see that Vic – going forward and he had a healthy Brogdon back in hopefully 
this team has first-round win potential. I mean, whether it's Miami, whether it's Boston, they have the opportunity to win a first-round series just because the Vic I saw tonight was a Vic I remember from 2017-18, especially in that first-round series against against um, Cleveland where he could just, like, he could he just hit hit everything or he was just hitting everything in him, you know, and then he was causing everybody else to make, you know, to adjust to him. And the thing with the Pacer team that they have going for them is that, you know, you saw the Celtics trap a couple times. He one time broke it, and another time got us a bonus. Like, they have this ability. Now, they're going to have to do a better job. Still, bonus is going to have to immediately, as soon as they traps, trap him, with ball, immediately go to the rim and try to create um, a four-on-three. And, and they'll, they'll figure that out. That'll be something they'll, they'll work on, if, I think, going to the playoffs. But, man, if Vic can work his way over the next 30 days, I think there's 30, 35 days left in the season, to get to the point where he is, like, can play 32 minutes and at a good pace, can play, you know, can play 32 to 35 minutes, this team's going to be scary if you can play at this level. Now, you're, you're going to get still some of those duds. I mean, that's part of the Vic experience, right? He has the occasional dud game. It happened happened every, the past two years, even before he got hurt. He had some dud games. But overall, it's nights like this. If he can put this together for, like, four playoff games, they can win four playoff games. Um, and, I mean, you saw he, he was good in the first half. I mean, he was fine. But, man, that fourth quarter when he got going, I think he had 12 or 13 points in that, in that fourth quarter. And when he got going, man, it was like – just downhill speed because all of a sudden when he got going, you get a bonus going. You got Warren's good offensive player, and Turner has been playing a lot better offensively as of late. And you had brought into the mix. I mean, this it will be a damn near impossible team to to, to challenge offensively. I mean, they, they'll have if Turner is hitting his three point shot, and tonight he was uh, one of three from three and seven eleven the field. Like if he's that kind of player, and even more like a five eleven, they will legitimately have five really good off five threading threat. What's the right word? Not, I'm going to say really good because they're not really good, but like three threat-level offensive players on the court at one moment um, and four really good ones and then one who is probably like an average offensive player. I mean, that's hard for most teams to throw out. I mean, even when you talk about the Celtics, right, if they're going to go their best lineup, right, they're, they're going to go Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Walker, Smart, or but probably can't, they can't even do all five of those. Well, one, Smart's the offensive weakness there. But two, they have to play Tice, probably not. So let's say they do, you, you do Walker, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Tice. Tice is not the good offensively the same way. I mean, Tice was good tonight, eight of twelve, but like, he's not a three-point threat the same way that Turner is. He's it's just it's just different. I mean, that, I mean, that, they can even compete with that. They're, each of these teams have kind of that one player, and so you just you can compete with a team like the Celtics when you have Vic going like he is tonight. Um, I thought what was really impressive by him was that it felt for the first time that his that he's not like like he was going to the rim and finishing and doing things that I thought. We hadn't seen a while from from him, and he was he didn't look like he was like off balance or out of focus. It felt like he finally found his kind of rhythm. You know, the thing about Vic that had made him so good is that he had finally figured out. He finally had reached a point athletically where he lost enough weight, where he put enough muscle, where he could just burn people to the rim, kind of the way he did in college, where Vic was just an athletic freak, where he was just and he had so much speed and so much quick twitch, where he could he could drive in, stutter step in, pull back, and have the whole defender thrown that way and have a wide open 15 footer. I mean, in college that was like his bread and butter been his better butter in the past and if five like tonight he kind of had that a little bit you know he's got to still figure out he still has to be able to be willing to kind of give up the ball a little more be like okay i'm driving to the rim i'm getting double team kick this out to the corner move it around let's get a three-point shot from warren from turner from somebody um from aaron holiday even who was terrible tonight but um he is definitely looking on the other side of his injury finally um you know i think we've seen it really i mean i think if you look at like he was really bad to start then he kind of pulled back and tried to play more with the offense and that's what he's doing and then he did what we wanted him to do is pull back the first three quarters fourth quarter when they need it just bring 
bring the old Vic out of the garage, right? You know, we don't need a, we don't need a hundred percent Vic for first three quarters. Just enough, just enough of Vic to keep you in the game, keep you around, and then bring out the fourth quarter Vic, bring out the full engine, and and hit, and hit, hit the gas, and we'll see if we can we can win the game. And that's kind of what the Pacers are doing. Um, and I thought it was really impressive by that. Uh, the other thing I liked from him a little bit is that um, defensively, man, he was still there pressing with him. I mean, he was just, you know, maybe there's some of that energy thing, but, man, he just looked like he looked good defensively. Like, he just, he's starting to remind me of the old Vic. And this is a good sign, even not for this year. I mean, because this year, you can even throw this, this year away, right? I think that we want them to win, win a playoff series. That's kind of the the goal. But you can throw away this year. It, it's looking like he's going to get back to form, right? Like, I think there's always that concern when a guy hurts his knee like this, can he get back to form ever? I think he's going to get there. Yeah, athletically, he looks like he's there. To me, it's just going to take him some time, and he might not even be—he might not be able to pull the victory tonight more than three or more times. Maybe season, maybe twice in the playoff. It might not be enough to win a playoff series, but it feels like he'll be there by next year. And adding all the pieces they've put around him, I mean, this team's going to—is—is you know—is due for a good 2020-21 season. You know, I think if you had talked to me in mid-February, I was kind of sad, disappointed. I thought, oh, Vic's not really back. He's kind of still struggling. This team can't figure it out. Now you talk to me now, I feel a little more confident. This team has won a lot of games of late. They looked a lot better. You know, Brogdon's a whole other issue. We talk about his injury, but none of them are, like, lingering long-term injuries that are going to destroy him. Um, so, you know, I'm just, like, I'm kind of feeling better about this team at this moment, I guess. I'm feeling like this team has a legit shot to, like, to be a competitor next year. I think they can win a first-round series. They can make some noise, maybe win a first-round series, take a second-round series team to – I think best scenario for them right now, get, get the four seed, win the first-round series, Somehow win two games against Milwaukee, make a real show of it. Kind of be like, you may pick them seven. We win all three home games, whatever it is. Make a real show against Milwaukee. Probably can't beat them, but make a show that you're getting there. And then you go in the next offseason with this huge confidence. Maybe you can snag some guy with, with some trade or whatever you can kind of, because you get one of the big guys. Hey, I want to play Indiana because they're close. Or maybe everybody's gets better, right? I mean, you're talking about a 23 year old Turner and Sabonis going to both be 24 this year who could easily make some more improvements. Sabonis who keeps getting better every single year. Every single year he's been the Pacers, he's gotten better. So, I mean, Tuesday doesn't get better next year and so, so on. So, I mean, and then you add, you know, add pieces around the edges like this year, but keep, you know, and you get some of the chemistry back and all that stuff. So, like, I don't know. This this is the kind of game where you leave it where you're disappointed they lost, but you're also kind of like, well, there's some bright side stuff to this. They have a real shot at uh, at making a, a run in the playoffs, and this team is as good as a team like Boston, who was really good. Boston's a really good team, so this isn't like a bad loss to losing them by three. And it showed that they can compete with them even without maybe their third best player, second best player, whatever you want to call Brogdon. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. You can tweet at us at Lockdown Pacers, me at Freedom 5 my co-host Tony's at T-East NBA. As always, we bring you five podcasts a week. I think Tony's going to cover the rest of the week, and then I'll be back with him on Monday for a weekly show. So um, they have one more game this week. They played the 76 or so. We'll see what Tony brings to you this week. But uh, he always brings a good podcast, so check out that out. That is all for his Locked On Pacers podcast. We will see you guys again tomorrow.